Welcome to another episode of A Bit of Swaz. And well, this week there's only one place to begin. After six straight defeats in all competitions, Neil Harris was relieved of his duties. And Mick McCarthy has been installed as the new manager at Cardiff City. Only until the end of the season. We'll touch on the QPR and Barnsley games today. And obviously that Twitter ball question, which we seem to preempt what the club was doing. Don't forget, we're at Swaz Pod on Twitter. Remember to like us, share, comment, and make sure you subscribe, most of all. A quick mention to our sponsors. Stories make the world. That is how the world works. We live inside stories. I think a good story has to make you feel emotional. It's got to touch the real core of you as a person. I think the key thing is that stories need to come from different people. Every time I read a good story, it gives me a different perspective of the world. And it's a how we imagine an alternative. Stories are at the heart of all great moments of change. So that's how we perceive the world, it's how it makes sense to us. We can't live without stories. If you want to tell your story, get in touch with Work in Word on hello at workinword.co.uk. Big up to Geraint John and Sophie King at Move Sounds, obviously, our podcasting gurus. And a quick mention for Orchard Productions, good friends of ours, and great to be on board with them. Big shout out to our Spanish listeners and our South American listeners. Buenos dias to you. And uh, right, a big up to my right-hand man here, Mr. Daniel Dyke. How are you doing, D? Well, not too bad. Another quiet week in the sedate world of Cardiff City. Not much to chat about, Nave, this week, is there? Well, there's been a little bit of goings-on, you could say, <laughs> when you say, just a little bit. I can't remember who it was, but a City fan said on Twitter that, you know, forget Leeds United, forget Sunderland till I die, forget, you know, the Manchester City and the Tottenham documentaries. Like, Netflix should have got in on the City 10 years ago and started making a documentary on us, all the, all the mad stuff we go through. Clubs sack their managers all the time, don't they? But, wow, we, uh, we write a new story every day at Cardiff City. Absolutely. So obviously there's only one talking point to really go off, as you mentioned there, uh, the sacking of Neil Harris. Yeah. Do you think that was the right decision, first and foremost? It's interesting, isn't it? There's 2020 vision, isn't it? It's hindsight, a bit like, why aren't you playing Benkovic? Get Benkovic on. Oh, that's why you're not playing. That's why you're not playing. That's why you're not playing Benkovic. You know, maybe that's a bit harsh. He only had a half of football, really, didn't he? You know, and it's like, get rid of Harris. Get him out. Get him out of my club. Don't want him here. Oh, can we have Harris back? Four in a row. <laughs> yeah, so I think... Um, He's number one. <laughs> I've said before, like, I think Harris seems like a, a top guy. I think he, you know, seems like a lovely fella, but it just wasn't happening for him this season, was it? So... It's a results business, the old football cliche. So, yeah, I think we did need a change. The, you know, I fully expected us to go out and be QPR. We, we were having some players coming back. Keitha was back, yeah. Sean was back and thought, yeah, but okay. I, but, well, but I thought even prior to the four in a row, these players were in the team, right? So it, yeah. was, it, wasn't about, it wasn't about, for me, it wasn't about personnel. I kept looking and thinking, right, when we came out of lockdown and we had that run for the playoffs, we played some very good football. And that was mm. the kind of transition I was expecting us to see in the first instance when Neil Harris came in. I was expecting yeah. that was the transition. Okay, so we didn't see it. I said at one point it was like Neil Warnock and steroids, I can remember, right? So we didn't see it. Then we seen the transition. Then we finish the season so everyone's expectation now is up right we're expecting to see a lot better football and the simple fact that you know fans were excited about the playoff push showed how craven they are for better football we're coming out of lockdown into the new season and i think we're all thinking right we're going to see far better football and it just didn't materialize you got to think like you had the, the eight, nine game playoff push, four in a row this season. That aside, 
What are you talking about, about Neil Harris? You're not talking about his football. You're not talking about a, a solid defensive structure. Really and truly, it's a, a carry-on from Neil Warnock is you're strong at set pieces and that's just not good enough, D. Yeah. I think Warnock, in the promotion season, we we did play some good football, I think, under Warnock in the promotion season. Yeah, he likes to get the ball up quick, but when, you, when you've got wingers like... You know, Mendes Lang was on it then. Zahor was quick. Hoylet was on it. You look back at some of the goals from that season and we did play some brilliant counter-attacking, one-touch football. Some of the goals against Leeds United, you know, look, watch those back and say we're always a long ball team under one-up. We weren't. And I think after lockdown, at our best under Harris, we got a bit of that back, you know. Some of the goals we were scoring, you know, Josh Murphy scored a couple one game I remember from the, you know, almost from the halfway line when he came off the bench. I think it was at Middlesbrough away against Warnock. And um, it felt like we had a bit of that back and we weren't always reverting to, you know, being direct. We just didn't see enough of it, did we? I, I do think at the beginning of this season, we were seeing us actually winning the possession stats, which is just, we, we weren't used to. But, you know, it's modern football, isn't it? We want to be winning the, the score. Absolutely. I'd say like possession stats, I I go on about them, but it's no good just having possession from in the middle of the pack or from your 18-yard box, as we did with under Paul Trollope. You had a a situation where I remember sitting with Rob Phillips commentating on a game and he was saying, oh, look, you know, it's so much better. And I, I just said, well, how? And he said, well, look, they're keeping the ball better. I said, up until the halfway line. But the goal's yeah. another 50 yards away, right? Yeah. Keeping possession at the back, across your back four, into midfield and then back into your back four is the easy part. The hard part, as you see when you see the likes of Liverpool, Man City, is breaking down that 11 when they all drop in deep. And you made a great point. The, the, under Warnock, when we did play counter-attack football, it was very basic and simple. You go man for man, follow your man, you play up to the front man, you play back, and then your wingers are on their bikes, you play it wide to those wingers, we're lightning quick or very jinky and skillful and we get crosses in the box and we finish. On top of that, we become a set piece uh, machine. And that is very basic and very simple, very straightforward. You don't need no airs and graces for it. And it was successful, D. But I looked under Neil Harris and I never seen that progression, that, that transition, mm-hmm. that next step I've seen a glimpse of it, like I said, towards the end of the season when we were in the playoffs, when we got in the playoffs. But that side, I, I just didn't see it, mate. And I thought he was coming out with a lot of nonsense, if you like, trying to cover the fact that the team wasn't improving in the way they mm. played, the style. I said, that's a coaching problem. What I'm watching, you know, I'm watching and commentating, so I'm watching live in the stadium. It's a coaching problem. You know, if you're players like Harry Wilson, Ojo, Kiefer Moore, Glatzel, uh, Rawls, if these players aren't passing, moving and trying to find new angles and getting in between lines and pushing balls through for strikers to get on the end of, you're not doing the work on the training ground. Now, in fairness to Neil Harris, that could be due to the amount of games you're playing or due to not being able to get the training sessions in between the games or whatever. But for me... Coming out and saying we got young lads, we got this, we got that, we got in the end, and the fans, you know, they were straight on to it. You're not gonna fool us. You can't kid a kidder, right? So it was just a simple fact that you need to be honest and say, I need to do better. I need mm. to get this team playing better football, something like similar to what we were doing last year in the playoffs. I've watched it, I've seen it, and unfortunately. I'm not able to get us up to that standard right now. And that might be due to the lack of creativity in midfield or, you know, not having my full back four. But explain it and come across a bit more genuine. I thought in the end he was scrambling, mate, uh, if I'm totally Mm. honest. And trying to fool people, listen, it just was never going to work for me. So, yeah, he's probably lucky as well. There were no fans in the stadium this This season, you know, can you imagine that? Just on those, we, I think we lost seven games at home already this season. It, mate, it's just not been a good run. I think last season there was a lot of draws when we 
when he did get on to, you know, picking mm. up points. You know, your home form has to be your bread and butter, mate. The way you play, the confidence, that arrogance you display, that aggression, that has to come from home. Now, I've seen us be aggressive, but rarely see us being cute, stylish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that is something that the fans are calling out for. Listen, I'll just mention like the Twitter poll we put out, like I said, in the opening brackets about preempting yeah. what the club's decision was. It was pretty swift from us, to be fair, because you know we're not we're not we're not in the business of trying to cause uh, major ructions. But we put it out there, Harris in or out, and overwhelmingly, the decision was to relieve him as his duties, like I said, which the club have done. What were the percentages? What did it work out as Dan? Was it ninety odd to ten, something like that? Yeah, I think we were looking at about ninety one percent. To nine percent, something like that. Yeah, we yeah ninety ninety one percent ninety one point one percent point nine percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, look, Vincent Tan has just started following Swaz Pod, and he he had a little look at what the fans had to say and, and got rid. So you know, <laughs> thanks, 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 Vincent. We're looking forward to being invited onto the transfer committee now. As well, so <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. I mean, I mean we'll get on to that. You and I were discussing, uh, or you sent me that link for the club, I suppose it was the EGM, was it? And they well, it was a, on. yeah, they had a Dalman and Chu had a meeting with the trust yesterday, some, some fans groups, and uh, the media were invited as well. It seemed to be quite hastily arranged, they only sent round a Zoom link. At, in, in the morning and, and they discussed a, a fair few things, yeah. Okay, well, let's get on to uh, Mick McCarthy then. Big what Mick. do you think? What are they saying? What are the fans saying? Let's have a think about what we were saying initially. I couldn't mm. believe, you know, initial shock when he was top of the odds and you, and you mm. think that there's probably a small market, there's not much betting going on, anyone can jump to the top of the odds. Looking forward to seeing someone a bit more exciting get into the top of those odds and being appointed. You know, it became apparent then that he did have the job. You know, we were exchanging messages in a like Mick McCarthy kind of way, <laughs> as, as as you'd imagine. And I think yeah, it was a curveball. It was a curveball. I think you know the reaction initially. We were probably like everyone else, thinking WTF is going on here. I've always liked Mick McCarthy. I think he comes across, he's, he's quite funny. He's a character. You knew, knew who he was. Neil Harris is coming yeah. in. You're thinking, ah, oh, yeah, okay. You know, you're aware of Mick McCarthy's character a bit more than you, you are Neil Harris's. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't this kind of exciting, you know, big word philosophy kind of appointment we were expecting. I, I think, you know, he's a city manager now, so I'm 100% behind him and I, I want him to do well because... He's in charge of our club. He seems like a likeable bloke. He's got charisma. And we're, we're probably in for an interesting and entertaining six months, even if the football's not entertaining. But we'll, we'll get into that. I think that he's going to be good value. He's going to give us a lot to talk about. Do I think it was the right appointment? I don't think even the club thought it was the right appointment, to be perfectly honest. Looking at some of the rumours that are flying around and looking at what Dalman seems to, seems to have said in this meeting yesterday... You know, we saw that, you know, there was that rumour doing the rounds from Talk Sport that Paul Cook had been offered a six-month contract. Again, that's not overwhelming. No. Wigan obviously went down, but they went down because they had, because of the points deduction. They did look at a decent team at times last, last season. You know, he certainly got the best out of Kiefer in, in the second half of the season. Kiefer didn't really score in the first half of the season. And he, he, he took them up the season before from League One. But no, I, you know, I wouldn't have been buzzing about Paul Cook coming in. I, I think reading in between the lines yesterday, it seems to me that they contacted Eddie Howe and got turned down. You know, Dalman said yesterday, yeah, we offered I it. Of, I did notice he chucked that in. And I, I, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I, I was like, I read it and I thought, it's not even the way you conduct it. It's, it's, if that's the way, oh, I don't know how the approach was done, but... Even what you the the comments you're making here, it's not really how you would conduct your business, or well, maybe it yeah. is for him. But I wasn't reading that and thinking, oh, oh, okay. Which I I I thought that was just almost like a 
like a pat on the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, yeah. we tried, but you know, no. You yeah, know. but I think it, it, there's, there's got to be more to it than that, surely. Exactly. I, I, to me, it was a we tried to ask the prettiest girl out, you know, but that didn't quite work out. So yeah, my um, mate said, "Will you go we, and get are... off with her?" <laughs> and she said, yeah. "No." He, he said, "No." Yeah, she said, "No." It was life seemed more difficult and yeah, simpler then, didn't it? Um, yeah. So I think that if you look at that, they're scrabbling around, you know, to go from offering it to Eddie Howe, Paul Cook, and then Mick McCarthy. I think they just, I think they're just googling football manager names because there's no, you know, there's no. You would say there's no thread between those those there's no managers. Pattern. There's really. no, no. Well, again, we we go back to I think it was show four or five when we went on about philosophy and. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I'm saying. It's not the manager, it's the club has to have the philosophy, right? And that's the, the point you made there about there seems to be no threat. It's the similar with signings, right? And what I say is we sign who's available. We don't sign as part yeah. of a plan. I can see that in the, the players we sign. It's not part of a plan. They're put together and hoping that they can join, but they're not really players that you look at and think, I can see how he will go with him and that will go with that and this will yeah. go with this. How long have we, you know, been gagging for a 20-goal-a-season striker? How long have we been gagging for a playmaker in central midfield? How much money have we mm. spent in the meantime and still haven't got uh, those issues sorted out, resolved? So, But what, what I would say, Dan, is, is that I know Mick personally. I spent a little time with him at Sunderland. I know TC is sidekick very well. He was with me at Wolves when we got promotion. And, you know, the biggest positive I would take from... Uh, Mick McCarthy signing is that now the club has reset, right? So you've reset with a person who's got bags of integrity, bags of honesty. He's not Pep Guardiola in his style of football, but he will play the style of football that his players allow him to play. So yeah. he won't be, you know, whereas I think that Neil Warnock is a one particular way. He's got his way and it works, right? He's try and test it. It's a percentage game. I think the difference with Mick is if he's got footballers, he'll play football. You know, if he's got long ball merchants, he'd play long ball. If he's got a bit of in-between, then he'll play a bit of in-between. And I think in, in the sense of resetting and installing a philosophy, because he's able to play several different styles of football, I think installing a philosophy now and gaining an understanding of how you want to move forward, you know, listen, honesty and respect and integrity, these things for young players, you know, young players get a bit above their station, think they should be in the team nine times out of ten, you know, it's questionable, you know, throwing them in a deep end. But one thing you say about Mick is he's honest, he's straight, he'll get players, like I said, feet on the floor, you get them working, you get them playing to the best of their ability, you'll help install confidence in them. So if you're the club, from here, reset to build forward. Because mm -hmm. all you've done, to me, since Paul Trollope is come full circle and back to Paul Trollope, as in Neil Harris, and then, you know, you're going to get the experienced manager sort of thing to SOS us. Do you know what I mean? So... I look at that and think, right, so you've got a good person who's honest, straight, and can set a certain a code around the, the, the training ground and the dressing room. You know what I mean? An honesty, mm. a, a politeness, a good morning. And, and all the while, you know, you've got people's feet on the ground. But also what you'll get with Mick is accountability. And that's where I think the academy starts to really need to look over their shoulder, right? Because... That would be the first place I would start, right? I would start academy, 23s, and also, right, what we need signing-wise to start to build this philosophy at first-team level. But I think it's imperative that these things are looked at because reading again what Mehmet said and developing young players uh, about Neil Harris and what have you, if you know he's not got a track record for that, and you've got a, an academy that is bursting at the seams. And he's not the man for your job, is he, really and truly? So what I mean? You need someone who's going to have that confidence to be mm. able to bring these players through, if they're good enough. So 
you know, you've got young Mark Harris who's come along and clearly is good enough to play at this level. But again, under Neil Harris, he was used in, well, is he a left winger or is he a striker? Mm. Well, you know, in the beginning of your career, I can tell you, that's very difficult to do, playing several different positions. I can remember left back, I made my debut. I'd never played left back in <laughs> school on a training ground. Uh, on, on the play yard, never played the left back in my life. Centre back for a year, right back, right winger, centre mid, centre forward. Nate, just do it more. It's extremely difficult because you have to take, yeah. you have to be taking in the knowledge while you're in training of what the manager's saying to the left back. What's he saying to the centre back? What's he saying to the centre forward? Because ultimately, Harris is a striker. So I think he's done well for a young lad. But again... Yeah. When Neil Harris didn't know his best team, it started to stall and fall apart yeah. and, and confidence was lost. But back to back to Mick McCarthy, like I said, for the club now, imperative. Get that philosophy. Understand your fans and what they want. They're telling you they're craving for more football, better football. So install that and tell yourself, right, from Mick, we are going in one direction, mm. right? We're going to set out a philosophy between ourselves between the board, club, blah, 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 blah. But then we're going to attract, from here on in, players and managers that can fit into this philosophy. So we tell Mick, and we're encouraging Mick, to sign players because we're going in this direction. The thing that worries me is, you know, he's been offered a six-month contract, What you know, and Dalman says yesterday, he admitted in this meeting that we haven't got a strategy how long have you been running this football club? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did have a track on it now, yeah. Wow. I was like, okay. oh, my days. What, have you, what have you been doing so far then? <laughs> you know. Remember the comment where I said a dog chasing his tail? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you know, and, we did have success, we, didn't we, twice? Yeah, but, uh, and we, we've caught it twice with that dog and me and you were going, look at that crazy <laughs> dog of yours, Dad. Still chasing his tail. Yeah. yeah. I just won. So who's who's helping them come up with this strategy in the background for the next six months, or or does that just really get forgotten about whilst they're all in behind Mick, and and really I I think they would much prefer Mick to win the fans over, which I think if we start winning, of course he will because he's got the personality to do it as well. I think we'll warm to him if the team's doing well, and I think they'll just hope he has a good second half of a season. And it will save them a problem if they can give him a two-year contract or a one-year yeah. contract after this. Because they won't have to worry about the philosophy thing then. They won't have to worry about the strategy. They won't have to worry about who's this next big appointment because mm. they can just kick the can down the road again. You know, And, and none of this is no, no disrespect to, to Mick McCarthy at all, like I say. I, I like no, him. I think, listen, I, I think right, for where we are as a club, Right. I know people are disagree, but I'm trying to I'm trying to give the positive angle on it, right? Yeah. Because he's now our manager, and I always say, you know, support the manager, but you've got to hold him accountable. You know, I know Mick. It doesn't stop me then saying what I witnessed was a poor performance. It's my opinion, remember? Yeah. It's your opinion. It's the fans' opinion. You're allowed to give. That's what you pay your money. For. You're allowed to give your opinion, even if you don't pay your money. You can give your opinion. So. When things are good, you give an account of what you saw. When things are bad, same thing. It's not a personal thing. You know, I've never met Neil Harris, never played against him, don't know him from Adam. Might be a, a, a great guy to go out and have a brandy with and get down on the dance floor. But as for your football, I tell him straight, if he's my mate, you don't play good football. Simple yeah. things. And, and it's the same with Mick. You know, we're not going to... I'm not looking to start off by saying, oh, he's this, he's that. Listen, I give every manager a chance. But for where we are, Cardiff City, at some point, you've got to say, right, we're going to start here and build. And what you said there about Mehmet and the club, I'm telling you now that I've said it many times. If the owner wasn't a billionaire, we'd probably be in League One by now. I believe that without a shadow. And what they've done is money hides a multitude of sins. Mm. Right, and they continue on that path, and I call it not laziness in they don't work hard, but laziness in you're not willing to learn about what you're doing. Right, you're here and give comments, then you're away. The mm. idea of running the football club is that is a job and a huge job, right? And if you don't know, 
employ someone that does. But then that falls down yeah. to Vincent Tan, right? Because he's signing the check every month. Also, I don't think they're a trio who like to be told, if you notice. They won't yeah, bring one in who threatens them to go and start to speak with the fans and the fans say, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Totally get so, what he's saying. You keep that away. You keep it out. Why? Because I'm fearful of it because I'm in a sport, I'm in a job that there's people who can jump over my head. But I got money, which means yeah. I know more than you. Well, it, it, yeah. it, it doesn't, mate. Money doesn't qualify you as an expert in football and football knowledge. It doesn't. Like I said, without the money, we would have been in trouble a long time ago. But the, the owner continues to, to bankroll it. So Three million a, a month, I think he said we're losing at the moment yesterday. I think the thing that, um, you know, the thing that we've spoke about here and the thing that the fans have been calling for is this kind of director of football, this football person, either on the board, who oversees the philosophy across the whole club and has a strategy. And when this came up in, in the meeting yesterday, you know, the reports I've heard, see, we weren't in the meeting, Dalman seemed to think that that was a waste of money. We're already losing this much money. That's just hemorrhaging money. And to me, that just seems like real short-termism because, you know, they've admitted they haven't got a strategy. You've only got to look down the road to Swansea to see... You know, they've got Alan Curtis. I'm not saying he's director of football, but he's definitely involved across the picture. Leon Britton has, has been the same, although I don't think he's there anymore. So by paying a football person a little bit of money, you're then able to develop these young players who they're selling on for 10, 15, 20 million. Well, isn't that worth someone's monthly salary? Because It's you know, called fear, you Daniel. The, yeah, you water the plant and... Uh, the seed grows, right? You know. It's called fear of someone with more knowledge, and then also arrogance. Because I'm a millionaire, multi-millionaire, and I've got to follow you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a, it's a psychological yeah. thing. Money doesn't qualify you to be higher up the structure. Not in football. You could be, you could, you could be someone who's been coaching for 30 years in the game and living in a two-up, two-down. What they're saying basically is money qualifies me for this position, and you know, reading what Mehmet said, it was like it was like uh, the analogy. It was like I thought of um, trading places, right, where uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like juggling with the vase, and it's like uh, and it's like uh, play Harlem Globetrotters with this shit, <laughs> and then he drops it, and then it's like. I made some profit. <laughs> okay, you want me to break something else? No, 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 no. Do you want us to get the record of football? No, 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 no. We won't, we won't that. So I, I just look and think, uh, I just look and think, you know, it, it, it's, it's, they bring it on themselves, but yeah. it's hurtful because it's the club we support, right? Yeah. And it's like getting duffed up constantly watching a man not wanting to swallow their pride and admit we need help. Also, yeah. I think more footballers on the coaching staff within the club, right throughout the academy, 23s, first team, more former footballers involved in the club. I don't think they've got anybody. I think Craig was the last. Or well, Jams, David, Lee Jarman. David Hughes has come in now, hasn't he, on the academy side? That's one. So the, the funny David Hughes story when we is obviously he was at Villa and then we signed him from Shrewsbury. He didn't play much for us though, did he? Because because of injury. And the story goes that there were faxes between the Shrewsbury board and the City board. I think it was Hamam at the time. Shrewsbury asked for fifty grand, but a fax blurred, and we thought they wanted five hundred grand, and just went back. Oh yeah, five hundred grand, and Shrewsbury couldn't believe it. And we ended up paying, uh, paying serious, yeah. That's that's, that's, the, that's the urban myth about the David Hughes signing. So, um, yeah, God. Uh, and that, and now, really laughing. Yeah, and now we wonder why Hamam wants, you know, Hamam came comes up again yesterday, yeah, asking for more that. money and blah blah blah. Now. But yeah, you know, we'd be here all day if we spoke about him. What we really want to talk about is Mick. And Terry Connor, I want to ask you about because we're talking about footballers being coaches. Terry, a striker in his time for Leeds and that club down the road. But you worked with Terry at Wolves then. So what's Terry? He looks like he's got really intense stares from the pictures you see of him. Yeah, listen, he's a really good guy. 
right? It's no surprise him and Mick are, uh, are together. He's a really good guy, honest guy. The boys really liked him at, at, at Wolves. He was Dave Jones's second coach to John Ward. And then John Ward got ill and TC took over. But intense in the sense of professionalism, right? He's not a snarler and a f he'll just talk and he'll go through and, you know, he, he'll talk to you like you and I are talking. So he's a good yeah. guy, TC. And one thing I remember was after the playoff game at the Millennium, right? Which obviously we won. And I, I hope you don't mind me recalling this because it, it, it just shows what it meant to TC. I remember coming in the dressing room, all the lads were, because the dressing rooms were massive at the Millennium. My old man's a bricky and he built them, so. Okay, so you would know, right? Yeah. Uh, and I remember just taking a moment and thinking, because I was shattered. We'd been out celebrating all that, taking a moment, I was sat. And TC was kind of sat opposite me. We were like around the corner from all the lads. He was very emotional. And I remember Dave Jones saying something like, Oh, what are you effing crying for? And I just flipped like, I just like, what are you on about? I said, he, he's, he's, he's emotional because he, he's happy. We've he, done he, it. It's a relief. He, we've done it. You know what I mean? If that's the way he is, why are you jumping in there and trying to kick about his emotions? Like, play for Dave, not a good guy for me. And TC was like the opposite end of the scale. Yeah. The lads really liked him, gone well with him. He was honest as a day's long. And, and, and that's what you got with this pairing. And, and you know, what you know is they'll go 100%. Bang, bang, bang. There is no, like I said, accountability is a big thing for them. So I expect us to improve, put it that way. Not many of us listening will have been professional footballers. I wouldn't have thought. So what's the, what's the role of the assistant then? Like how much say do they have on a day-to-day -day basis and then... Then on a match day? Well, it depends how much coaching your manager does. Like, uh, Dave Jones didn't do much coaching. It was all left to... He oversees it, but it was, he was leave it to John Wall. John Wall was a very good coach, kind of like a school teacher approach, right? Yeah. which used to wind the lads up, to be honest with you. TC's approach was far better because he was one of the lads, former footballer. Yeah. But John was very much headmaster, sort of Mr. Burns of The Simpsons. That kind of... <laughs> Yeah, Smithers, <laughs> give me a drink. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but TC were, were, was far better. So the assistant's role is basically he'll either carry out the instructions of the manager and the training, or you'll step back when the manager is, you know, hands on coaching, whatever you. But he's also an integral part because he's the person who kind of, you know, the captain and the manager will have a good relationship, but often the assistant and the lads they have their relationship. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. and the captain and the assistant will have a good relationship because, you know, there's a, there's a linkage between those three. So for me, uh, listen, I know fans ain't overwhelmed, but I'm realistic, D. I'm like, well, you know, for where we are and what we need right now, we couldn't get a better two. But for the future to build, to go towards what I think fans want, the other three... Wise men are going to have to get their act in order and get something, you know, some sort of plan of attack. And I think that was a great opportunity, Mr. Also for Mehmet yesterday to say, right, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. This is the vision. As for TC, no, really good guy. Really good. Really enjoyed my time with him at Wolves. Good to hear. So, so let's move on then, Dan. Let's have a bit of uh, fan reaction and, and, and a few of those fans' questions, shall we? Yeah, let's have a look. We got one here from Luke Lloyd Taylor. LLT. And I saw this as welcome to the pod. Welcome to Swaz. Do you think McCarthy selling Kiefer at Ipswich will have an effect? Now, I hadn't realised this. Hands up. Kiefer was at Ipswich. You know, because yeah. I was thinking, you know, you, you think of McCarthy's Islands teams, don't you? And you think, yeah, Tony Cascarino up front. And you're thinking, yeah, Kiefer's he's, he's spot on. He's going to love Keitha. But yeah, great yeah. question that. So, you know, looking into it, yeah, um, McCarthy signed Keitha in the January transfer window. Yeah. Making the step up from a lower league. And, and he, he kind of loans him out almost immediately and he sells him then a few months later. So we're only talking like four years ago as well, but we know Keitha's had a bit of a meteoric rise. To, to me, 
Keith has just come on leaps and bounds in yeah, in, in that time, hasn't he? So. I think it's international football has helped massively and gaining that confidence from, you know, world-class players, you know, jumping on your back when you're scoring last-minute winners and what have you. Yeah. But I would say it was a, it was a LLT, man. That's a great question and a great pickup as well, right? Because I did see that and thought I won't mention it. Because <laughs> I thought, yeah, that, that, that's something for people to jump on. But what I would say, if you're Mick McCarthy, and I, listen, I don't know him like I know UD or I know my best friend, but like I said, accountability is big with Mick. And I would think that he's probably, like you say, four years ago, he's probably looking at Kiefer now and thinking, that's what I was expecting you to become. Right? Yeah. Also, you've got to realise players have power. Kiefer's now a kingpin. Not just of Cardiff, but of Wales. So you don't want to be picking fights for that. You've got to be getting on board. Now, what I'd hope is that if there's any sort of animosity, as a player, I'm going to let it go. So if I'm Kiefer, I'm going to let it go. And if I'm Mick, I'm going to admit, okay, maybe I bought you too soon and sold you too soon. But that was the potential I could see when I did buy you. So clean start, fresh page, turn the page. And we can't afford to have people worrying about or fighting in-house. You know, we need to get up that league, first and foremost. Yeah. So I, um, uh, I hope that it's, it's let go. And judging by the training session we've seen, you know, Mick was very vocal and, you know, was seeming to uh, big up certain players. So Kiefer was one of them. So, listen, I can't see a problem there. Yeah, I've, I've heard some stories of Kiefer that being in certain camps, he's got a bit of a temper on him, I think. Well, you can see that, the way he plays. Yeah. To me, Mick just seems like an honest fella. And as you say, he's going to know that Keith is the main man and he's going to be coming into him and saying, good to see you again, mate. Let's, yeah. let's, go, do some, let's go do some damage. That's, that's what I hope. That's mm. what I hope. But hell, hell of a question, that. Well done. Let's be friends. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah, please, mate. Come on, I need you. So is <laughs> a good one from Cardiff City Anti-Fascists. Has Blakey got any insight on McCarthy's managerial style? I know we did touch upon it a little bit, but because yeah, chat you know a what? Bit more. Like, like, like I said, I wouldn't say I identify with him, him with having a certain style of play. He'll play when and where he should play, or you should play. He'll want you to. He'll want you to move. He'll want you to, you know, be confident, gain possession, particularly pressing. He'll, he'll improve that because these things are skills. They're not something you tell the players to do when they go out and do it. They are skills that you need to work on. So he, he's not got one, any one particular style of play, but I do believe he will be an improvement and the football will be, can I use greatly? Greatly improved, in my opinion, because I just thought, like, take out the four games and the eight-game run from Neil, I thought it was like, it was pants, like if I'm totally honest. Yeah, I, I I was looking at the football and thinking, how do you, how do managers get away with like, uh, again, what I would warn owners, new owners, and owners who are not uh, footballers, beware of the presentation. Beware of yeah. the manager who comes in and blow your socks off presentation, right? Yeah, I, because I don't think football makes any is a practical. <laughs> right, so football is a practical game. Theoretically, I can make myself sound like Pep Guardiola. Practically, it's a different thing. And that is something our, our owners really need to be aware of. It's like a little school lesson today, isn't it? We should set up yeah, uh, wow. like an online learning. <laughs> <laughs> like but, yeah, their industries are like, what choose a car salesman. I think Dalman's in finance and Tan Main is in hospitality. So they would have seen a lot of PowerPoint in their time. And um Beware. It could be easy to fall I don't think Beware. I don't think Mick knows any, I don't think Mick knows anything about any of the Microsoft packages, to be honest. His PowerPoint is in his head. Just like TCs. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It, you know, it's yeah. all in your head, right? This is more important than, you know, the brains outdo any computer. It's all in there. Yeah. And between them they got a plethora of knowledge, Dan. Simple as that. So, you know, but again, <laughs> A few good things I'd say on the, on the style of play. You know, I, I spent the weekend watching Mick McCarthy stuff on, on YouTube. 
so a couple of things a couple of things i'd say there's a good there's a good interview with the um the irish former irish footballer and journalist eamon dunphy uh from not not that long ago and mccarthy talks a bit about his style of play there talks about the style of play they had at ireland under charlton which was pressing before anyone was calling it pressing you know getting stuck into people and in Ireland McCarthy not came under flack but did try and evolve that style of play to a more passing style of play but everything I've seen you know Nate's already alluded to it that he seems to say he plays with the players he's got you know we know that there's a squad of occasionally half decent footballers at Cardiff City we know we've got gaps in creativity in the middle so you know, I, I suppose saying I play with the players I've got doesn't tell you about the players he wants to go and to go and exactly. Get. And let's you... let's not forget let's not forget he's qualified for a World Cup, which is yeah you know, not easy. Missed out narrowly on a Euros and another World Cup prior to that, and he's been promoted twice, three times I think in his managerial career. So listen, and he's played for a long time. He's like an old school master. Right, he's got plenty of knowledge in there. Like I said, plenty. What does and this is going off? You know, we we mentioned we see we saw his training session, and he seemed at the front and center of that. You know, he seemed to be uh, you know barking at the players, sticking an arm around the players, all all that kind of thing. You know, thinking of managers' first days, what's it like if you're a player? You know, if you're thinking, you know, because the 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 players. You know they don't live in a bubble. The players will have seen Mick McCarthy. Mm. What? Because mm. the players are a hell of a lot younger than we are, Nath, and they're thinking mm. this guy's three times the age of me, probably, and I've not seen him do anything for a long time. You know his his exploit of Ireland and Sunderland and Wolves. The players are probably kids; they might not even remember. So what are they? They will have seen that the fans initially were kicking off. What's that? <clears throat> what's that first day of training like? Well, as a player, you just accept, no, this is a new manager, right? That's not going to change. And if I want to play, I've got to impress him. It's as simple as that. Certain players will already be nailed down. If you show Morrison, you'll be nailed down. I think that's about, <laughs> I think that's about Smithies, it. Smithies, you know, Smithies, maybe. Smithies, you know. you're nailed down. Yeah, Bennett, you're probably nailed down. Uh, so certain players know they're nailed down. But you, you'll still want to go out and, and impress the manager. Uh, in training because you know it's a free-for-all again right there's there's no okay the 11 that started the last game or last five games doesn't necessarily mean now new mm. manager new way of playing new thought process I've got a chance so players will be thinking right that's why you always see an uplift in results often right when a new manager is appointed because everyone's trying to run to get to the front again then that front is that first 11 players that have been out of it for you know, six months, three months, five months, been sat on the bench. You know, if you're Murphy now, if you're Josh Murphy, hopefully you're running to the front. Even if you've got something in the back there, which is you leaving, you still want to leave in good form. You still want to leave yeah. and give a good account of yourself. So you want to be looking to really pick up your performance level. And it, it's kind of like fresh start, new reaction, and players will give him the opportunity, give the manager the chance, simply because of what he's done in football, Dan. Well, I'm, <laughs> I keep forgetting I've been out of the game for like 15 years. So that's, that's what would have happened. You know, the generation now is slightly different to my generation, probably less patient and one mm. success quicker. But that's just a societal thing. They'll be judging you on what you're bringing to the table. You're looking at them on what you can help me achieve as the manager. And it, it, it swings both ways. You, you will, as you said, you'll see him putting his arm around certain people. Because let's be fair, Harry Wilson coming into this club, it was mad exciting. We see him, Cardiff fans see him so much for Wales. So we know what he's capable of. We've seen him play at Liverpool's Bournemouth and do very well. He's come here and he's, he's kind of not stagnated, but he's not like, is he the number 10 or is he the wide man? Wherever he is, yeah. he is your playmaker. You've got a playmaker. And you're not utilising him as a playmaker. So, you know, these are all things that players now will 
hopefully start to gain a bit of confidence from that arm round, from those training sessions, from a higher tempo, from people running a bit hard, a bit more aggression. Hopefully, you'll see that uplift in, in the first game. Yeah, which is coming up. Absolutely, absolutely. So have we got any more fans questions or are we out for the day? Yeah, so we've got Gavin Allen really asking about director of football, which we've, um, which we've chatted a fair bit about already. Maybe Gav, maybe apply for the job, mate. Get yourself in there. So a story about Gavin Allen. He's, Gav's a former uh, Echo journalist, but one of my best mates has got the same name as him. He's also called Gavin Allen. I sit next to Gavin okay. <laughs> down the ground. We've got season tickets together. And we went on a bus. I think it was to Tottenham in, in like the League Cup or something. It was a bus, not a bus we usually go on. So they were coming around and asking the names. And because when Gav said Gavin Allen, the guy running the bus thought he was Gavin Allen from the Echo and we just had star treatment all day. So... um <laughs> quality, sir, quality. so thanks for that Gav keep the questions coming yeah. mate and uh, my, my, my mate Gavin Allen will continue to impersonate you and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep running up that bill oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so like I said earlier mate don't forget at Swaz Pod on the Twitter like, share, comment and subscribe so, yeah. Daniel, let's move on to the uh, the QPR game then. We'll just give a little chit-chat on that. I know it's passed and Harris is gone, but what I think most fans are likely to see now is after that result, not just an uplifting results, but confidence and the way we play. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it was just, it feels like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it, that game? We've got to be beating teams like QPR at home. Not many teams are below us in the table these days, but QPR were before that game. I think QPR mm. won one in ten. You're thinking this is the perfect opportunity, you know, for Harris to pull a marker down. I know what you're saying that Kiefer and Morrison were in the team when we were losing games, but that would have given him a bit of confidence. You think, and like we had a decent team out on the pitch. But, we um, did. It just, just no confidence. It just didn't happen, did it? I liked the look of Perry Ng. I thought he was involved a lot. He nearly scored, actually. He probably had a... It wasn't really a chance, was it? It was a, it was a, a shot from the edge of the box. I like the look. Start. I like the look of that kid. Waters, Waters. We didn't see much of him, but... Yeah, he got lost a little, I think. When you're a new player joining a club, a bigger club, it's really difficult, right? Because, you know, you, you, you've got to have that self-confidence. What I would say to Waters is the club bought you because of what you had done so just keep doing what you've done. Keep that enthusiasm. Keep that, keep that self-belief. As the game went on, it was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping away a bit here. And I would say to him, yeah. listen, don't worry, kid. It's one game, right? You're playing with a front man who's going to take all the battering. So if it means you have to adjust the way you play, then do so, right? I adjusted the way I played when I played with Jostar and Flo at Sheffield United and then played with John McGinley at Bolton. So I went from being the runner at Sheffield United to being the hold-up guy at Bolton. Now, you, you, he might have to adjust his play yeah. accordingly. He's got a battering ram. He's got someone who's extremely good with his back to goal and great at the back stick. So if you're Watters, you should be thinking, right, more times than not, when I'm getting to the box, I'm going middle of the goal near post, right? And... Kiefer and I are working on, right, which way do you prefer to flick it, Kiefer? Are you better when it's coming to you flicking it over to your right or over to your left? And I'll be in the channel and looking to run in behind. And uh, you know, sometimes when I can see it's your backing in and you can get your chest, I'm going to come uh, goal side of you, you can just drop it off. I'll get us playing. All these little things, what I say to Waters is, it's just an understanding. And if... Mick McCarthy, who's coming as manager, he'll probably, what, what managers will often do is start to room those two together so they spend time together and get an understanding and become friends, basically. And then well, once you've got that understanding of not necessarily friendship, but that respect and understanding of one another, your game will just jump. But I, I did think, right, he, need, he needs a bit of, a, bit of time and a bit of you know, coaching. Because the other thing is personality. Some people are quiet. Yeah. Some people, you know, there's there's a there's a sort of a thought process that all oh, footballers are super confident. Well, 
they're not. Some are not, you know. NG, I thought, yeah, he had a decent game. I didn't like the fact that, especially first half, uh, Harris was encouraging to play that ball long all the time. All right? Mm. And he's got a sweet strike on him. You can see that. But I thought he could have been encouraging him to, you know, play the winger, play the striker, play the central midfield and, and get on his bike a bit more. Because at that point, there was so, almost like nothing to lose. And we've bought these players to improve. And the other thing yeah. I didn't like about it was taking them both off. I thought that was a ridiculous thing to do, especially NG, because he's in your back four. So if he, you've bought him to stay in your back four, you know, give him as much time with them as possible, especially if you're not getting the time you need on the yeah. training ground. It was just like la- last chance saloon, I think, for Harris. One, he was, I think he tried to bring you on, Nath, as well. Like he was just thinking, <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh, like- that was that guy <laughs> hobbling on, was it? <laughs> <laughs> It's just like I'm going to get as many forward players as I can onto the pitch to just try and save my job, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It was poor, mate. I have to say, and in the end, yeah, you could see they were they were devoid of all sort of confidence in the end. And the club were right in their decision for me because it was only going to start, I think we started 11 points off the playoffs and then went to 13, I think, something like that. 10 points off relegation, went to nine. The R word is would start to become more prevalent in players' minds. And mm. then the confidence really, whatever's left is just, is, is sapped. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think the club were right in making their decision when they did. But um, up and coming, we got uh, Barnsley. And, you know, Barnsley. that's not going to be easy either. No. And it's Mick's, I mean, Mick's hometown. Mm. And his home club. He played for Barnsley. I mean... Barnsley have gone a completely different way to us. They've t- they've got another foreign manager in, you know, who probably many people Valerian have heard of. Ishmael. But he's doing well. They, you know, Barnsley yeah, French. Yeah. Okay, they've they've lost their last couple of league games, but that you know that's against Watford and Swansea. You know, they beat Norwich in the cup on Saturday. Yeah, the last league win was I think it was end of December against yeah, Rotherham in the in the derby. Yeah. So they've won FA Cup games, but. They're on a they're on a poor run at the moment themselves. Yeah, they haven't won a league game this year. So, what do you expect to see from Mick in the team now? Is it one of those where sometimes you see a new manager kind of sticks pretty closely to the last lineup, thinking I haven't had much time with them. I'm gonna see how they work out. You know, I don't know how closely he's been watching us. He's banged on quite a lot about he was on commentary for the Forest game, wasn't he? when we, uh, yeah. we won 2-0 up there. Do you think he'll stick with Watters and Kiefer up front? Uh, I doubt that. Yeah. I think he'll probably go with Wilson in and around the 10 position, in and around the creative position, because you need creativity. And you've got sort of wingers in Ojo, Murphy, Hoylet, who you can also utilise. And, you know, I've seen uh, Glenn Williams's piece uh, saying that junior... Uh, was off it. And I think Junior's done all right. I think he's done yeah. well this season when he's come on. You know, I really do. I think he's one of them. Just you know what you're getting from him. You know, he's sort of. You know, he, he's gonna get his worst performance is a six out of ten. You know, he's yeah. seven eight every week sort of thing. So, no, I think he'll stick with stick with Lashley. Maybe you know there'd be one or two changes. Uh, maybe three even four even. But the nucleus. You know, you're not going to mess with Morrison and Bennett. You know, no. you're going to try and get their partnership back on track and grow that confidence. Smithies is going to stay there. Bennett, I would have thought, is going to stay there. NG, now you can do work with him and get him into how you see him playing. But he's yeah. the only proper right back at the club. Cunningham might challenge either or of them for a position as well. But I think, you know, you, you, you know the nucleus of, of, of what the starting lineup will be and the substitution. So... It, it, and it is it is a, a squad game, uh, Dan. You know, it is definitely a, 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 where we are at the moment as well. With games coming so thick and fast, you know. So I think he'll 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 try and get his what he believes is sixteen seventeen. Who he'll use as regular as possible. I'm going to predict my team: Smithies, Ng, Nelson, Morrison, Bennett, Rawls, and Volks. Wilson in front of them. Hoylet. And Murphy on the wings with Kiefer up front. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. On that note, I think we can safely say it's time for 
this week's top five. Yeah. And just for those who, who new listeners, top five is every episode we, we give a little, myself and Dan, so, well, sometimes Dan, he, he's a bit... I got a know, crack a few this week. He's, he, well, I, I find you a bit like, it's like whether you're in the mood for top five. Well, top five <laughs> is for, you know, what we do is pick five songs every, every week, every episode, and uh, upload them onto the Spotify. So it's not just this great podcast you can listen to. You can also listen to some quality music. And there's a lot of choice. R&B, yeah. hip-hop, soul, reggae, uh, a bit of disco on my part, and then dance part. I don't know where that's going from this top five. All but sorts, like, he's all on sorts. his way. Yeah, well, we got... Listen, there's, there's 50,000 fans or more out there. So I'm sure someone will listen. I'm sure like two of them are listening to your choice, uh, Dan. Get on, at least. get on this then, get on this. So this is my, my top five is Mick McCarthy inspired top five. So <laughs> this is going to be interesting. So number one, MacArthur Park, which is a classic song done by everyone from the Irish singer Richard Harris initially, Sinatra, Jimmy Webb. I'm going for the Donna Summer version of MacArthur Park. Okay. Um, our our listeners are under eighty, mind. We've got a few yeah, over eighty, but most of them are under eighty. What a tune <laughs> that is, though. So, the one of the Irish documentaries about McCarthy called themselves McCarthy's Park, and they played a little bit of the song as the backing music. So, MacArthur Park by Donny Summer. Donny Summer. <laughs> Donny <laughs> sounds Summer. like a six, 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 Sounds like a sixties fallback. Donny Summer, right back. Then I'm going for uh, a bit of. Irish music, obviously, because of mixed time in Ireland. So I'm going to go for The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. Reminds me of being a ball boy. Reminds me of being a ball boy because the steward I used to stand by was a guy called Bernie, and he loved Thin Lizzy. And Bernie Mm. was a bit of a legend. He used to pick up, he used to give Simon Howarth a lift to games, Bernie, from Splot, where we all lived. So yeah, Boys Are Back in Town, Thin Lizzy. Yeah, that's on my eclectic uh, soundtrack, that is. I love a bit of uh, Thin Lizzy. Crack on, mate. I like that one. So we got another Irish band now. These are a modern Irish band. They're called Fontaine's DC. And the song is called Big. And it's just got a line in it that I like. It's a punky tune. The line is, my childhood was small, but I'm going to be big. And I just think, like, what a, <laughs> what a, what a call, like, for a kid who's, like... <laughs> From a from a tough area to say, my childhood was small, but I'm gonna be big, you know. You go, you go, you go, real like gladiator shit in that. You go really <laughs> up front. You're ready for war, D. You? I am. I am. War. So then, my last two, riffing off Mick McCarthy, Paul McCartney. So the first, the first one is <laughs> a bit of an ode to Mick's six month contract, a song yeah. by McCartney called Temporary Secretary. Because Mick's a bit of a temporary secretary at the moment. That's a mad tune. That's a bit of like a dance tune. And then the last one by McCartney, because uh, we haven't had it on there, and it's a great tune you don't hear enough of, is Bluebird by McCartney, which... Um, okay. I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird. We all are, Paul. We all are. So that's my, that's my well, top that five. Nathan, Nathan, that was a great rendition. <laughs> right, what have you got? What's your top five? All right, right. So we'll go with a bit of uh, hip hop slow jams this week. So, uh, and I love the, the the difference in our music taste, right? Because you know, yeah. it's going to give our listeners a lot to listen to. So, number one, we got Most Deaf, Miss Fat Booty. Yeah, I had class. a little listen uh, last night. It's from ah, uh, mate. It's from that album when Most Deaf broke, which. Everyone was listening to, isn't it? Yeah. You got it, D. It's a badass tune. Excuse the pun. The second <laughs> one is Buster Rhymes' Decision. That's another classic, absolute classic. I'm, I'm giving you some hip hop that is easy listening to and, and less cussing and. Uh, to me, and Bust, Bust, Buster Rhymes just reminds me of Woo Ha! Got you yeah, all in check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this one is, is very. Uh, Something you could cut up to your girl too. Right? Oh yeah, nice. Uh, number three, uh, fabulous, featuring Tamia into you. I really like what you've done to me. I can't really explain it. I am so in 
So you might you yeah. might have thought that we cut in a bit of the tune there, but no, that was Nathan, that was that was actually Nathan singing. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I just I just I just killed the podcast in a split second. Uh, the fourth tune is uh, Sky Zoo and Ninth Wonder. Sky and Zoo, one word, and Ninth, as in the nine T H Wonder. You and Me, it's called. Uh, again, another real soulful classic hip-hop track. Yeah. And the fifth one, last but not least, is Talib Kweli. Kweli is spelled K-W-E-L-I. And that tune's called We Know. Uh, and that is my top five, Daniel. We so, do know, uh, obviously. So they're all on the Spotify playlist. So yeah, we'll we'll share a link to that as well on the at SwazPod social. So give it a give it a little listen and like I say, feel like you've hacked Nathan's iPod. Mate, well that's a that's kind of a wrap to you come to the end of that. We've run over the hour a bit, but um Listen, looking forward to uh, the next six months, I suppose. It's, yeah, it's Mick McCarthy's world and we all live in it now. So I'm looking forward Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. And remember, at SwazPod on Twitter, Apple Podcast, Facebook. So don't forget, like, share, comment, subscribe. We've also got our playlist on Spotify. So whatever you can do, just get involved. So, peeps, have a good day. Daniel, my friend, sidekick, have a great day. Stay safe. You too. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bluebird. Stories make the world. That is how the world works. We live inside stories. I think a good story has to make you feel emotional. It's got to touch the real core of you as a person. I think the key thing is that stories need to come from different people. Every time I read a good story, it gives me a different perspective of the world. And it's how we imagine an alternative. Stories are at the heart of all great moments of change. So that's how we perceive the world, it's how it makes sense to us. We can't live without stories. If you want to tell your story, get in touch with Work in Word on hello at workinword.co.uk.